Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. Thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it's time to get to know your foe, Giants Edition. And so for that, we bring back my old friend John Schmilk, who's a senior reporter for the New York Giants and NewYorkGiants.com. John, always a pleasure. It's been a while. Glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, Scott, always good to be with you, man. Um, and very excited. It's the first time I'll be doing, you know, hosting pre and posts on the radio for a Giants Jets game. I'm sure there'll be a lot of juice where we do the pregame show um, right inside the gate at, at MetLife Stadium. So if people go to the game, stop by, say hello. Uh, we're right at MetLife Central on the stage inside the MetLife gate. So always love to interact with Jet Giants and Jet fans before the game. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very fun atmosphere. It's a little bit different this year because usually either the Jets and Giants are both bad or the Giants are good and the Jets are bad, or at least it's been that way for the last few years this time the Jets are three and three the Giants are two and five so the Jets are on the verge of potentially having a winning record for the first time in a while if they can win this game the Giants looking to crawl out of the cellar in the NFC East and let's talk a little bit about what's happening right now with the injuries a lot of questions about Daniel Jones Andrew Thomas what's going on with them and any other injuries we need to know about right now yeah, the injury list is not short. Uh, it's long uh, in terms of the guys that are limited to practice. 
Uh, I would say Evan Neal and Adoree Jackson, they've both been limited in practice both days this week. We'll see what they do on Friday. I would think both those guys would be able to go, but we'll see. Adoree Jackson's got a neck. That's always, you know, you got to be more cautious with stuff like that. John Michael Schmitz has done a decent amount of practice this week. I think he's got a real chance to return as their starting center, which would probably push Ben Bredesen back over to guard with Mark Lewinsky. And then Andrew Thomas, he has not done quite as much, or at least the indication is he hasn't done quite as much as John Michael Schmitz at practice this week. I think they're being cautious with him, bringing him back. So I'd say right now, and we'll see again, maybe he'll do a lot more in practice on Friday. We'll have to wait and see. You know, probably less likely that he will play. And then Daniel Jones, it's just a matter of whether or not he can clear those tests to get him cleared for contact. I mean, he's out there. He's doing stuff at practice. He's running. He's lifting. He just hasn't been cleared for contact yet, and they'll do that test probably at some point late Friday or Saturday, and that, that'll determine whether or not he's able to play uh, in this game on Sunday. So I would say operate under the assumption that Tyrod Taylor is going to play unless you hear word that Jones has passed those necessary tests to get back on the field. How different do you think the Giants' attack would be with Daniel Jones as opposed to Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, I don't really think they've adjusted their scheme and the way they do things, to be honest with you. I think their scheme and their offense has been similar. They've just kind of inserted Tyrod Taylor into the lineup. So I don't think Jones's presence would alter what they're trying to do from a from a schematic and goal standpoint on offense. A lot of Saquon Barkley, I'd assume, right? Yeah. I mean, look, the Jets, if they do have a weakness on their defense, and Scott, you can speak to this better than me, uh, they have had a couple of issues stopping the run in a couple games this year, but their pass defense with their pass rush and assuming DJ Reed and Sauce come back this week, their pass defense is excellent. So I would think the Giants are going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try to run some play action off of that and move the pocket to try to neutralize that Jets pass rush, probably chip a lot with the tight ends, max protect off some of that play action and get the ball out quick. I imagine that's going to be what they try to do here. Uh, to limit the exposure of that offensive line, which is you know still banged up and doesn't have a lot of chemistry yet, especially if you can have Justin Pugh out there at left tackle again uh, to protect that quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. They've had issues with quarterbacks who can move as well, guys that have hurt them with their legs, so I would assume that Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones, whichever one is out there, would probably do quite a bit of that. You'd see some of that from Dable and Kafka. Yeah, we haven't seen actually as much designed quarterback run stuff with with Tyrod as we had with Daniel. And if Daniel's coming back off of the neck, I'm not sure they'd want to expose him. So I'm curious to see how much they actually do use some of the design quarterback stuff. Both those guys are, though, very willing if protection does break down to run the ball in scrambles. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
Let's talk about the pass offense here for the Giants. We all know what's going on with Saquon Barkley, one of the best in the league, heavy usage, we would assume, in this game on Sunday. But as far as the passing weapons, it's interesting because last year all you heard, John, was, well, how can you judge Daniel Jones and his numbers? He was thrown to a bunch of JV guys. This year, they brought in some new guys. Paris Campbell was brought in. They drafted Jalen Hyatt. What's going on with the passing attack so far this year? Yeah, they, they've kind of gone from that veteran group of wide receivers, and as the last three or so weeks have gone on, they've gone more towards the younger guys. So they kind of started the season with Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, and Isaiah Hodgins getting most of the snaps. And now Paris Campbell's basically just playing special teams. Isaiah Hodgins is down to about 20% of the snaps, and it's been Slayton as their number one up in the 80% snap range. And then Jalen Hyde and Wanda Robinson have both been getting around 60% of the snaps, and that's kind of been their primary three guys. Isaiah Hodgins has still gotten between 20 and 25, give or take, um, on the Sunday. So they've kind of gone towards those guys. Wanda Robinson is that slot space player, isolate them, find holes in the zone, inside, you know, maybe design some jet sweep stuff for him. They'll put him in the backfield occasionally. And then Jalen Hyatt, and I'm not saying he's as good as this player, but he plays that Deshaun Jackson role where he's not going to get inundated with targets, but he's going to get, you know, five or six targets down the field as a vertical threat. But half of those are probably going to be 30 yards down the field. So you're going to have to keep somebody over the top on him. He has legit speed to run away from people. He's good at the catch point. He knows how to stack cornerbacks behind him after he gets a step on him. So that's kind of where the passing attack is. They've had to really work again, like I mentioned earlier, to protect the quarterback a little bit with play action, moving pockets, and getting the ball out quickly. You know, we finally saw last week against Washington, really the first time since the Arizona game, they were able to hold the ball a little bit to get Darren Waller on, on one of those deep crossers. But otherwise, it's been, even on the passes down the field, get the ball out quick before that pass rush has a chance to impact the quarterback. John, the offensive line has been the subject of a lot of discussion. There have been quite a few injuries, but also poor play. They were better against Washington. What can you tell us about this offensive line, the struggles, and what you expect to see them try to do against the Jets on Sunday? I thought they played their best game since week two against the Cardinals against Washington. And that was with Tyree Phillips. So when they plucked off the Eagles practice squad coming into the building on late Monday, early Tuesday morning, uh, he played right tackle. Justin Pugh, who was straight off the couch, as everyone that was watching that Sunday night football game is aware of. Uh, he was at left tackle. Uh, Evan Neal, my guess is that he'll be back with the ankle this week. We'll have to wait and see on the final injury report. If that's the case, I would imagine Pugh would stick out there at left tackle, though I guess there is a chance they can move Tyree Phillips over there, but I think it would be Pugh. And I thought they did play their best game since week two last week. You know, Tyrod Taylor wasn't hit a ton. The pressure rate was down around 30% rather than that 40-45% area where it's been most of the year. Uh, Taylor was not hit as much. And again, that's also a product of playing with the lead, which they did for much of that game against Washington, and they did the week previously against Buffalo which allows you to use, again, some of those gimmicks I talk about, you know, rollouts, motion, play action, max protection, chipping, stuff like that to protect the quarterback. So I would expect more of that. Uh, ben Bredesen has done a pretty good job inside. John Michael Schmitz coming back at center will help. Mark Lewinsky got benched in week one after a horrendous game against Dallas. But since he's come back in and had to play because of all these injuries, he's actually played a, a really high level of football at guard. So, they're not going to put a lot on this offensive line, especially against that Jets front. They're going to try to get the ball out quick. It'll be quick game. It'll be running the football, moving the pocket, 
to try to protect this group, even though they were better last week, this Jet pass rush is much more like, say, the Cowboys pass rush they faced in week one, the 49er pass rush they faced in week three. Just guys that can win individually. The Jets run a ton of stunts, a lot of movement. The Giants line has struggled with that a lot this year. So put all that together. I think the Giants will do what they can to try to continue to protect this offensive line, especially if Andrew Thomas is not back in there at left tackle. John, you mentioned the Jets' pass rush, so let's talk a little bit about the Giants' pass rush because they came alive against Washington, particularly Kayvon Thibodeau, who had eight pressures, was all over the place, and he's obviously been the subject of quite a bit of discussion, not only the past week, but really over the past two years. Talk to me a little bit about that Giants' pass rush what they've been doing this season, how Wink Martindale's been deploying them, and then, of course, Mr. Thibodeau and what the Jets can expect to see with him. Yeah, look, the pass rush didn't do a ton early in the year, to be quite honest with you. They were blitzing a lot. They weren't getting home, and they weren't impacting the quarterback the way you want them to. And they were getting behind early in games, giving up a ton of big plays. But the last two weeks, they've been a lot better. Uh, they've only given up, I think, three plays of 20 or more yards over the last two weeks, which is very, very good. And... Last week against Washington, you mentioned Thibodeau. I'm going to go Dexter Lawrence. I thought he absolutely dominated the game. Uh, he was pushing the inside of that pocket. It reminded me of the playoff game against the Vikings last year. Nick Gates could not block him, his former teammate. Uh, he he whooped him, and he was disruptive in there all game. Uh, he pushed the quarterback, Sam Howell, back in the pocket and out of the pocket twice. That helped Thibodeau get his one-and-a-half sacks in that game. Uh, Leonard Williams had a sack in that game off a TT stunt twist inside so that's where the strength of the Giants pass rushes in my opinion Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams and Kayvon Thibodeau's come on he has five and a half sacks um, he's had some production he's winning inside with a lot of inside moves this year so I think that's something to keep an eye on uh, over on that left side with Makai Becton they will move Thibodeau to both sides though depending on what the matchup is and they'll also use him as more than just an edge rusher he's been pretty good setting the edge in the run game this year They'll use him to drop in zone a little bit. We saw him drop the interception last week, which I'm sure he's still beating himself up over. But look, he's been better. I think you still want to see more consistent pressure when he has those one-on-one opportunities. But I think Wink Martindale really loves what he's given him. And in terms of you know what he's doing as an all-around player, I know the Giants are very happy with how he's doing. John, you talked about how the Giants like to blitz. Certainly, that is a staple of the Wink Martindale defense. And I'd assume we're going to see quite a bit of that on Sunday, considering the fact that Zach Wilson's yes. biggest weakness is handling pressure. When he has pressure in his face, he tends to fold. This year, he's done better. We all saw the disaster that unfolded last year every time he was under pressure. Even got to the point where he invented his own pressure and would bail from clean pockets. So I would think that you're going to see a lot of that from Wink Martindale, trying to put some heat on him early and often. Absolutely. And I think you look I think he's under fifty percent completions when he's faced pressure this year. His numbers against the blitz are not great either. So yeah, I mean I think what Wink tries to do, you know, it's, and Jeff fans are familiar with this, right? Just go back to what the Jets defense did under Rex Ryan, mm -hmm. you know, what is that, ten years ago now, whatever it was. Geez, we're old. Um, <laughs> but you know, they just line a bunch of guys up at the line of scrimmage, they stand a bunch of guys up, and you gotta figure out who's coming, who's not, who's blitzing, who's dropping. You know, you could show a seven-man pressure and just bring four. You can show a five-man pressure, bring seven. You know, they bring slot corners. They bring safeties. They bring outside corners. So that's what they're going to try to do to make Zach Wilson's head spin a little bit, the line of scrimmage. If I'm the Jets, I 
just see where Garrett Wilson is. If I have one-on-one coverage, I just throw it to him. And I, and I trust my star wide receiver to make a play. The Giants' corners have been pretty good this year, at least the last couple of weeks. We'll see if Adoree Jackson plays. Deontay Banks did a pretty good job last week on Terry McLaurin. Though McLaurin did get him on two deep passes on a couple of those blitzes. So that's what I would keep an eye on. But yeah, you're 100% right. They're going to try to confuse Zach Wilson at the line of scrimmage, speed up his process, and force him into some mistakes. Let's talk about the linebackers. This year, the Jets have had some of the best linebacker play in the NFL. By way of comparison, how did the Giants linebackers look this year? You know, they started slow, Scott. The last couple weeks, they've been phenomenal. Bobby Okereke has played great football the last two or three weeks. Better middle linebacker play that we've seen here probably going back to Antonio Pierce, maybe. That's how good he's been. Uh, He's been all over the field. He runs to the football. He's fast. Uh, he's been good filling the right gaps. He's been good in coverage, dropping into zones and, and forcing some turnovers. He stripped the ball. He deflected a ball that turned into an interception. And Micah McFadden, he missed a lot of tackles early in the year. He had three straight games, or I think, where he had anywhere between two or four missed tackles in each game. But he's only had a couple the last couple of weeks. And he's a smart player. He's a good blitzer. He fills the right gap. He is just limited a little bit athletically in terms of how much he can run in coverage which is why sometimes he's not on the field on those third and long situations. But that's one of the reasons this Giants defense has really improved the last couple of weeks is because the linebacker play has certainly uh, taken an uptick. And the secondary has been pretty good too, right? You mentioned Deontay Banks. He's done a very good job so far. Of course, the Jets' old friend Jason Pinnock back there, I know that he's talked a little bit about wanting to make the Jets pay for releasing him. And then, of course, you've got... Xavier McKinney, who is a player who has become a staple of that Giants defense. So talk to me a little bit about that secondary. Yeah, young group, uh, especially if Adoree Jackson doesn't play. He didn't play last week. You know, DeAndre Banks is a rookie. Trey Hawkins, a sixth-round pick out of Old Dominion, is a rookie. Cordell Flotsman in the slot. He's a third-year guy. So it's a young group. And Jason Pinnock's not an old player. They like to use him as a blitzer. Xavier McKinney's in his fourth year. So it's a very young group. They gave up some big plays early in the year. They did a good job last week being sticky to what was a pretty good Washington commander receiver core. Uh, they like the pressing get in your face, and that's what you're going to see out of Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins. They're big, long, and fast, and they're physical at the line of scrimmage. So they will be trying to press up on those Jets wide receivers when they blitz in those cover one, cover zero opportunities. And they're going to make the Jets beat them at the line. And in order to beat that cover one press coverage, you got to get over the top. So I think that's what the Giants will try to prevent and that the Jets are going to have to try to do in order to get the Giants out of some of that press cover one single high safety stuff and cover zero that they like to show when they come after the quarterback. But you're right, Banks has been good. Hawkins has given up some plays. Adoree Jackson has been fine when he's played. So, you know, I think that's going to be one of the big matchups here. Can the Giants prevent Garrett Wilson from getting over the top on him? John, last year we all know all the praise that Brian Dable got for his first season as the head coach. This year things haven't gone as well. Obviously last year the Giants overachieved and went to the playoffs. Talk to me a little bit about what you've seen from Dable as the head coach this year. And then, of course, Kafka and Wink Martindale. We talked about what Martindale likes to do a little bit, but give us an overview of the coaching staff here. Yeah, look, the offense this year has been a struggle for a variety of reasons, A lot, most of it because of injury. And the one thing I like about Brian Dable and, you know, there's reports that he's taken a heavier hand in the offensive preparation each week, but that's something he's always done. So I think some of those reports are probably a little bit overblown. Um, But Dable, the one thing I appreciate about him, win or loss, the guy's always the same. He's like a flat line on an EKG machine. 
not dead, but like flatline in a good area where, you know, it just doesn't go up and down too much. So I think he does a good job of, and I think that does, you know, maybe drive some fans nuts sometimes because you don't see that emotion in the press conferences they like to see. But I think that's good for the players where it's a stable atmosphere. And we all know Dable is an emotional guy. We, you know, we've seen him on the sideline with some of the stuff on the sidelines. Trust me, he's into it. But I think with the team, he tries to keep everything pretty stable during the week. And I think that stability gives the Giants a chance to get out of that one in five hole they dug for themselves. They started last week against Washington, but they still have to beat the Jets this week. They have to go to Vegas next week, win that game. That would put them at four and five. Then you have Dallas and a couple other games after that with um, New Orleans, New England, Washington again, Packers, teams that, again, I think you have a decent chance of beating. So uh, he's trying to pull them out of this. I think the stability has helped, and we'll see if they can do it. How about the coordinators? Yeah, you know, I, th I think Mike Kafka has tried to navigate these offensive line issues. I mean, last week, Scott, just to give you an idea, and I know the Jets have had offensive line issues of their own. The Giants had nine offensive linemen at their original 53-man roster after cut day. Only three of those players were healthy last week. They had lost six of nine due to injury. They were down to three. Everyone else was guys they have either claimed off of practice squads, waivers, free agency things. So, you know, Kafka, I think, complements Brian Dable well. You know, they come from different systems in schools. Kafka coming, coming from that, you know, um, Andy Reid system. And then Brian Dable growing up under the more of that Bill Belichick offense um, up there in New England. But I think they have the same philosophy in terms of how good offense works. They just come from different ways of pulling that off. So I think Kafka probably adds more of that motion element, pre-snap stuff to it. Dable has his has other stuff that he adds to the mix. I think they complement each other well. And then Wink is Wink. The players love to play for him because he's aggressive, right? And he gives them an opportunity to go out there and make plays. And I think the players like that. Um, and he's very honest when he talks to the media. He's complimentary of the opponents, rightfully so. The Giants have played some really good teams this year. And I think he's just a guy that the players love to play for because he allows them to be aggressive, go after the quarterback, and make plays. John, we talk bits and pieces about what we think the Giants might do in this game. Obviously get some pressure on Zach Wilson on the defensive side, on the offensive side, try to get the ball out quick and account for those offensive line injuries and the fact that the Jets have had some issues stopping the run and mobile quarterbacks. We'll see if they wind up doing some more design runs, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or returning Daniel Jones. But talk a little bit more about what you expect to see from this Giants team on Sunday strategy-wise. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a lot of the stuff we talked about, and I think a big deal here, and you don't want to play cautious, you don't want to play gun-shy by any means, but I think the Jets have had trouble scoring this year, Scott, when they haven't had the benefit of takeaways, whether it's actual defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns, but just more giving the offense short field. So I think it's essential for the Giants to protect the football this week. They were minus one against the, uh, Washington last week, and their last fumble driving inside the 10 gave the commanders the ball back, nearly cost the Giants the game. But the defense held up and didn't allow the commanders to go down there and score once they got inside the red zone. The previous two weeks, the Giants were plus five, uh, plus three against Miami, plus two against Buffalo. So I think that's a big key for them this week. Don't turn the ball over against the Jets defense, which is one of the best defenses in the league at forcing those turnovers. They have 13 this year, eight interceptions, protect the ball through the air. Punting is okay. You know, the defense has played well. If you have to punt the ball, that's fine. Make the Jets go the length of the field to score their points. 
John, you don't have to give me an exact score, but how do you expect this to play out? A uh, 17-16, I think. Which I think if a team gets to 20, they're winning this game. I mean, I think this is going to be a defensive-oriented battle. I think we're going to have lots of punts. I don't think we're going to have offenses screaming up and down the field. The Giants' defense has played well the last two weeks. I would expect that to continue. And we know the Jets' defense, uh, especially with all their guys coming back healthy and the way they play the last couple of weeks is one of the best units in the league. So I think it's going to be a good old-fashioned fall in New York slog at MetLife Stadium with these two teams struggling to score points. And whichever team, again, wins that turnover battle or makes those handful of explosive plays on offense – whether it's Brees Hall running the football, and you talk about strategy, stopping the run. Like, that's what the Giants have to do defensively. They've given up a lot of yards on the ground this year. In fact, they gave up, I think, more than 120 yards in every game this year, except for one last week against Washington. So they need to slow down Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a monster. He's excellent. He's a great player. Uh, prevent big plays from him. Prevent chunk plays from Garrett Wilson. And, if, and, if, and I think that's the key. And, and for the Jets, don't let Jalen Hyatt get behind you. Right? Don't let Saquon break a long one. And it's going to come down to a few plays, you know, which team can score touchdowns when they get into the red zone, which team can convert on third downs a couple times. And neither, neither one of these teams is great on third downs. But look, it, it, I think it's going to come down to one or two big plays that will lead to scores, you know, 17, 14, 17, 16, 20, 17. I think, I mean, I think either team can win this game. I think both teams, both of these teams have shown that they're capable of beating any team and losing to any team this year, right? I think we've seen it go both ways. The Giants, though, under Brian Dable, have had the tendency of doing well in games where they're either favorited or it's kind of a toss-up type of game. And I think I would put this in the toss-up type of game type of category. And the Giants have done well generally in those games while they've struggled against, you know, some of the, you know, bigger playoff teams that they've played against. So I, I feel good about the Giants winning the game if they don't make some of those mistakes. But the Jets' defense is so good at forcing those takeaways, it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way either. I think it's going to be a nip-and-tuck game in fourth quarter. Whichever team makes more big plays will probably end up winning the game. John Schmilk, senior reporter for NewYorkGiants.com and the New York Giants. Really appreciate you coming back on the show, my friend. For everybody that wants to check out what you're doing over at NewYorkGiants.com, what are they going to find over there? And how can they interact with you on social media? Yeah, I'm at Schmelk, S-C-H-M-E-E-L-K. Um, you can check out all our, I know you're Jeff fan, folks. So we have our Giants podcast, Big Blue Kickoff Live, Giants Subtle. They're probably not going to want to check those out. But if you do, we love it. But we do have a, a draft podcast, which is not Giants focused. It's just draft. It's called Draft Season. Tony Pauline and I, if you guys don't know Tony, he's one of the best draft guys in the business. And we do draft stuff every week. It airs once a week. It's called Draft Season. Search for it on your podcast platform, or you can go to the Giants app, giants.com slash podcast. If you're into the draft and you kind of want to keep up with what's going on in college football to get ready for next year, the Jets are going to have their first round pick, right? It's the one, you know, I, I hate to call it a bonus, but I guess at least they're not losing their first round pick in the Aaron Rodgers trade. So if you guys are into the draft, you want to keep up with the draft season for Jeff fans is a great podcast to track here um, as we uh, get towards the end of the season and people start thinking about the draft. Make sure you check out everything John's doing, including the Draft Season podcast. Sounds like a lot of fun with John and Tony Pauline. That's over at NewYorkGiants.com. And, of course, 
anywhere that you download podcasts. Check out everything that we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com